what a week it's been. So much to talk about and so many things we can't talk about. I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. And we'd like to welcome you to Behind the Gorilla, a podcast where we delve into the wild, wacky, and crazy side of professional wrestling. Well, how's it going, everyone? We had a, uh, well, we had a week off, a rare week off. I think that's the first week we've missed other than, well, no, I guess we we took a week off over, like, the holiday break, so. Right, but that doesn't count because that was premeditated. And that was and also the end of season two, technically. So, should this be the continuation of the already longest season, season three, or should we just skip to season four now that we took a week off? I do really like the idea of it being season four and we just keep, we, we just have, it's like somebody who has a lot of title reigns, but they're all like three days long. We just get shorter and shorter seasons. But no, so we got longer we, ones because season three so far, this has been our longest one. Right. But no, I'm saying that's the peak and now we just start winding oh, it back okay. down. So whenever we finish, we can be like. The most seasons of any podcast ever at 102. In two years. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, no, Don't that's ask fair. how long we were running. It doesn't matter. Time is relative. What matters is we had the most seasons. I like to think of it as like new comic books because mm, nowadays, yeah, like starting run. like 15 years ago, they just started redoing number ones every like year just to yeah. get more, more people to buy it. So I like to think of it as that. We're just, oh, we're, yeah, we're number one. It doesn't mean anything. The story's still ongoing, but it's n- number one now. Right. Brand new. Behind the gorilla. Number one. So, so yeah. This is going to be season four, then. It's official. Welcome to season right. four, episode one, everyone. Of course, you already knew that because you read the title, but that's fine. We just came up with it now, so you can feel a part of it. Yeah, Any. And we're still here. We're still kicking. Uh, I don't know. Basically, what happened is... I don't know how much longer. <laughs> ah, jeez. Getting morbid now. I mean, well, no, but seriously, like once baseball season starts, I don't know how this timing is going to work. And then once I leave this job in August, I don't know how it's going. You know, I don't know. It's it's uh, there's a question coming up in the next few (laughs) weeks, but we'll 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 figure something out. Right. Well, I I was kind of scared because I knew we'd be off the air last week. And I was like, well, the three people who listen are gone now. They're just like, oh, well, I guess they quit and they'll never tune back in. Yeah, I haven't really been very active on the uh, Twitter page either. It's kind of just been an overall hiatus. But I mean, Avengers came out, so that kind of took precedent over everything else. That's the thing, dude. That gave me burnout. That more than anything else, more than WrestleMania being over, more than like the lackluster stuff that's happening right now. It was. It was like Avengers. I saw Avengers Thursday night and then Sunday night, the new Game of Thrones premiered and it was one of the most epic hours of television I've ever seen. And that was not quite the culmination, but like one of the biggest payoffs to eight years of storytelling, just like Endgame was the payoff to 11 years of storytelling. And after that, in the course of three days or so, like, I'm not going to watch Monday Night Raw. I can't do it. Yeah, I've had... In I, May? I've had... Are you kidding? No, I can't. No. I don't care. It's not going to be good. No. No, I, I've had no desire. I haven't watched any uh, current wrestling in 
at least two weeks. Um, although Double or Nothing is coming up at the end of this month, so that'll be fun. And yeah. and I know they've they've been trying their hardest to promote all this stuff, but I don't care because they don't have anything on TV. So I don't. I mean, I think it's cool that they're doing all this indie show stuff. And Chris Jericho faced off with Kenny Omega in Canton, um, in Canton, Georgia. That was in Canton. Are yeah. you serious? Yeah, a couple that of days ago. It, Mark, I have to start going to these. Yes, you do, Harris. You're missing out on all this stuff. You miss David Arquette. You're missing. Uh, Kenny Omega and Jericho, yeah, a bunch of stuff's going on. Although I feel like once AEW starts, all these things are gonna stop. <laughs> once they actually yeah, start on like true. TV, although I don't know, maybe not. But anyway, so I know I've seen some of that stuff going on. But as far as WWE, I have really no interest right now. And again, this is why we need an off season for wrestling. Mm-hmm. Just like two, it doesn't even have to be like a full like four, three, four months. Just like a month or two of just let's just. Put this, take a break, and then come back to it because I, I do that myself anyway, regardless if they do it or not. Right. I mean, how they're never going to do it because ad revenue. Wah, sure. Wah, I mean, wah, it, it, it will wah. never happen. WrestleMania in April, Money in the Bank in July, SummerSlam in August, and you're back in. It's sure. just give it a minute. You know, just give it a minute. But there's just. But now they're doing Money problem. in the Bank is next month, Harris. Yep. Or this no, month. Know. It's in May. When did it become yep. in May? I don't know. I thought it used to be in June. It was always in June. Or July. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know. know. I, like, the most interesting things in wrestling right now are, like, the John Moxley video package. That oh, was yeah. That cool. was cool. Yeah, Dean Ambrose's uh, uh, John Moxley Duffler, character coming back. Yeah. WWE. I mean, why did I say that? All or nothing. Double or nothing. All right. elite. I'm losing my mind here. <laughs> double or nothing. I'm definitely going to All or nothing. Why didn't they call it all or nothing? <laughs> all or nothing. It's fine. That's another one. That'll be the third one, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, probably. So I, I'm going to watch that show. I think that'll be cool. And yeah, of course. I'm going to be doing what everyone else is doing, which is just waiting eagerly for John Moxley to show up and crash the show. <laughs> That's going to be great. Oh, and then uh, um, Jericho is going to wrestle Kenny Omega in uh, – yeah. or not Kenny Omega, uh, uh, Kazuchika Okada for the um, – um, IWGP championship like a week after double or nothing at Dominion in New Japan so like over the span of like two weeks Chris Jericho is like 48 48 or whatever is going to wrestle the two biggest re- best wrestlers in the world yeah like uh, and main eventing two of the biggest shows in the world in Man. like back-to-back weeks at like age he's, like 48 the guys the guy's insane the guy's insane he's thriving he's oh my gosh right now, yes who would I ever mean, thought he'd become it? like a billion times bigger not in the WWE? Who would have ever thought that? Because so he's one of the sad. biggest stars in the history of WWE. Yeah. And, and now he's like thrown that away as like, yeah, all that stuff doesn't matter. I'm bigger now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's the saddest thing about WWE programming right now is they've always had problems creatively, but they're just so stagnant right now. They don't oh, have yeah. literally the most interesting character on television is creepy Mr. Rogers Bray Wyatt. That is the only person who I am tuning in every week thinking, oh, I can't wait to see what this person's up to. That was pretty there's interesting, no, yeah. There's no characters. There's no character development. There's no motivations for anyone else on the whole roster. Nope. It's just catchphrases and new T-shirts. Yep. Pretty every much. week. It, there's just nothing to it. There's nothing original. There's nothing engaging. The most exciting thing about WWE right now Okay, one, Bailey's on SmackDown, so that could be cool. Man. But two, <laughs> it's just seeing who's going to leave. 
Yeah. Like they were nice to Dean Ambrose <laughs> and let him yeah. leave no problem, which is like the nicest way they've ever let anybody leave. I know easily. it was weird. But Sasha was like, "Hey, you guys aren't doing anything with me. Can I please leave and go be a professional wrestler again?" And they were like, "No." Just walk it off, you know, come back when you decide to wrestle again, which is better than most people have gotten in the past. True. You know, like she was lucky to get that because the revival were like, hey, can we please can we please leave and be taken seriously somewhere? And they said, no, we're actually going to make your contract longer. Well, they signed off on it. Right. But, oh, geez. And then Luke Harper was asking for his release and they said, no, we're just not going to use you. Like, they don't use any of these people, but they're also terrified that they're going somewhere else. So oh, they yeah. must know to that they're honest, good. To be honest, this is very similar to what WCW was doing in the late 90s um, when stuff was kind of going a little bit out of control. Is They were they would sign all these wrestlers and then have nothing for them to do because they have, like, yeah. you know, one or two shows and that's it. And it's just like... And that was even less then than there is now. Now at least there's some other stuff on the network or whatever. But so right. so it was that same type of problem. And it's just like, you know, you hoard all this talent and it's not good. It doesn't right. benefit anybody. And they're just I mean, like they're not going bankrupt or anything. Oh, no, but you know, not. like you read the rumor, like the earnings were down this quarter because WWE's eh, a public company. It goes up and down. I, I don't I don't I don't buy into right. a lot of that stuff. I don't think the sky is falling, but then they ask Vince McMahon about it in the conference call with his investors, and he's like, yeah, well, a lot of the talent is gone. He has said that for three years. Every time something has gone down, he's like, well, we have all these injuries. Like, no, you have injuries to your writer's brains, Vince. That's the well, that's him, the injury. Dude. I mean, that's the who was it? Road Dog. Road Dog quit as the SmackDown head writer because every week they would put together a good show, and every week Vince would show up and be like, Cut this, cut this, make him say this. Arn Anderson, too. Yeah, Arn and, Anderson and, and, uh, um, uh, oh gosh, I just blanked. Um, Dean Malenko just quit, too. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. They let Dustin Rhodes leave, which, good for them, I guess. Even they were like, we're not doing anything with you. Right. I feel right. like good for him. He's, he's going to have one of his biggest matches ever at yep. uh, Double or Nothing. The story. The story goes that he asked Triple H for his release, and Triple H gave it to him and then told Vince later. I like to think Vince just forgot he was under contract, <laughs> and then Triple H told him. By the way, I, I let Dustin go, and he's like, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, you hate to see that. <laughs> he, just, he just blanked. He has no idea who even works for him anymore. Well, how could he? There's too many people. There's a lot. Of, it would be very fun to watch Vince McMahon. Just a network special where you hold up a picture of a wrestler and say, do you employ this man and see if he knows <laughs> at, at this point, every that. time, every time I hear about someone else signing with WWE, I just go like, why? <laughs> like every time, especially if it's someone from like a big company, like the fact that Kushida went to NXT, I was just like, why? Why? You're like one of the biggest stars in New Japan. You're going to go to NXT and then be promoted to 205 Live and then do nothing for three years. Like, what is wrong with you? Do you Have you ever seen that video? It's like 16 minutes long on YouTube, and it's called Simon Gotch Buries Enzo Amore. No. It looks very dramatic. If you watch one video with Simon Gotch, then it'll appear in your recommended videos for like the next <laughs> six months. Well, then maybe good, I won't do that. Because, <laughs> well, it's a good video, and it's well worth your time because it sounds really... I don't know, kind of tacky and dirt sheety. 
And it's really not what it is. Is there's an interviewer going through with Simon Gotch, who's you know now an indie wrestler. I think his name's Simon Grimm, and just doing word association. He's like, I'll I'll name an NXT roster, and Simon Gotch, tell me what you think of them. Yeah, yeah I, I've seen just, a lot of videos like that. A lot of yeah. people have done those type of videos, right? And it's kind of you know the concept is kind of clickbaity, and what he says about Enzo is fine. It's not that interesting or that you know exciting. But the best one, the most insightful. For one for is, the record, for the record. I still miss Enzo Amore. I don't care how big of a dick he is. I still yeah. miss him. Because watching old stuff, I forgot what it was, What I was watching a few months ago. It was around WrestleMania time. And I was watching, oh, that's what it was. It was it was the Hardys coming back at WrestleMania. Yeah. And they're in that match. And I was watching their entrance. And I was like, man, I miss Enzo Amore so much. He's so entertaining. Like you're, This is what's fascinating about pro wrestling is you can look at somebody and be like, no, I get it. If you worked... At my job, I would hate you too. Sure, but you—he ju- just gets it. He, he knows does. he's not that good in the ring, and he doesn't care because he just runs his mouth and entertains. His you. little dance and makes me like laugh it. every time. Every time, every it time. Gets me. No, I, I don't disagree. I don't think he's going to be able to make anything of himself going forward. I just oh, don't. No, think no, he's... no. But no, you're right. I mean, he gets the entertainment in Sports Illustrated. It, or holy cow. <laughs> in sports entertainment, y'all, I'm falling What you can read here. about in Sports we... Illustrated, we've been rambling on for almost 15 minutes. <laughs> I told Mark before we went on the air, I was like, we missed an episode, and last week I was on vacation. So this is about to be a very interesting show, because <laughs> I'm still out of it. Yeah. But Enzo is a guy who gets the entertainment in sports entertainment, even if he he's good enough to make that work, even if he can't do anything else. Right. But the really interesting one in this interview is they ask him about Finn Balor, and Simon Gotch is like, okay, here's the thing. Finn Balor, to me, is the kind of guy who understands that he's already done his artwork, and he's content to just do his money work now. I feel like that's, that's kind- at least half the people in WWE. Right, and how... How messed up is that? That they feel like they can't tell any stories worth telling on the main roster. Yep. But they're just willing to say, like, look, I've had a pretty good run. I'll be in NXT for a year or two, tell some great stories. And then I'll just be part of this weird traveling circus for the next three years and make five million dollars. I'm pretty like, sure that's I'm it. pretty sure that's what AJ is like too. Um yeah, but absolutely. that I mean that that's from a lot of the stuff I heard. He's like, This is great. I can go around, make a lot of money. And, you know, do all this stuff and work with these people and have yeah. fun with the friends that they have in backstage. And it just seems like it's uh, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what it's become. So when people sign, bringing it back to that, like you mentioned, I do kind of get it. Yeah. There's a part of me that's like if I were like one of the hottest indie wrestlers right now, I would kind of rather just sign a three year contract with NXT <laughs> with the ex- which I don't think you would ever be able to pull off. But if you just said. Yeah, just don't. Just don't call me up. It's fine. I'll just leave after a while. <laughs> I just feel like as a fan, that's way more interesting than, oh, great. They got called up and they're going to get released in a year. Looking at you, EC3. You had a good run. They didn't even let him. They didn't even try anything with him. They didn't even give no. him a chance to fall, to like fail. They, they just didn't even do anything. No. Well, that's just, the funniest part to me was I'm not even that familiar with him. I just saw him for a little He's bit great. in NXT. And the people who knew him in TNA are like losing their minds because you're like, how do you put him on TV every week and not let him talk? That's his how thing. How do you do that? That's literally his thing. 
I know. It, it, I, it's just they have no interest in telling any sort of coherent story or thinking through the implications of the things they do. They're or just like, say. we have to go out there. We have to put on the shiny stuff for the ten-year-olds. Like it's like, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's where it begins and, it and doesn't. ends. Yeah. Well. Anyway, I hope you have. I hope you have some shiny stuff for all of all of us for this week. That was a really hard left turn, but I think it was deserved. <laughs> I tried we to segue because really we've been rambling for over fifteen minutes of wandering nothing. <laughs> in the wilderness here. If you're still listening, oh God bless you. Turned in from like come back from a week off. You're like I can't wait to tune into Behind the Gorilla, my favorite wrestling podcast. <laughs> And they're talking about Enzo Amore. They're still doing it. They're still talking about him. And I probably will still be talking about him, man. That dude made an impact. No, they hit it, and then they skipped forward to now, and then they thought, oh, come on, and then they turned it off. <laughs> that was all they heard. But it's fine, because you know what, Mark? Let's get You're started. Right. I do have something nice and shiny in our topic for this week. Yay. I do have something that the kids loved. This is actually a way better segue than... I thought it was going to be, but I want to I want to take you back to a time when WWE was a lot more I want to say clean cut uh, took themselves a little bit more seriously if you can believe that this is mm. uh, this is in the nineties okay but it's not the Attitude Era it's not like we've thrown all this insane stuff at the wall to see what'll happen we're we we're in you know like the new era sort of where they're trying to figure out who's going to be wait I heard wait uh, new new date new date did what. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was thinking of something else. Yeah, yeah. That's not what I meant. I just they, they're in you know a new era at this point in WWE history where Hulk Hogan has left. WCW is getting bigger, and they're trying to find like who their new stars are. Uh, this video is not about one of those new stars, but it is about a, a year or so, two big matches in the course of just a real absolute legend of. Did you just say pre- this video? No, I don't think so. You did. Okay. Mark, that's like the fourth dumbest thing that I've accidentally said this whole episode. And the fact that you kind of just ground me to a halt <laughs> to point that out is a little unnecessary. It took me a second to, for that to sink in. And I was like, wait a no, minute. I just I just missed it. We're, yeah, th- this, anyway. You know what? That, no, we're just going to keep going. Didn't happen. Look, you're the editor. You make it didn't happen. That's fine. <laughs> Stop getting text messages. What? Your phone keeps buzzing. No, it doesn't. You're yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah, it does. Oh, boy. We'll get through so it. So it's 1993, we'll get it. Mark. Just flash back to 1993 with me for a second. I There's can't. No... I wasn't born. There's no cell phones buzzing, interrupting conversations. There's no Mark to cut me off because he hasn't been born yet. And Jerry the King Lawler is on the warpath. See, Jerry the King Lawler, he had a match lined up at SummerSlam with Bret Hart, and he didn't want to do it. This is a heel Jerry Lawler at the time. Bret Hart is, you know, Bret Hart. He's very formidable in the ring. So Jerry, deciding to back out, fakes an injury. And it's one of those things where it's pretty clear to all the fans that he fakes it. But he insists, you know, being the cowardly heel, no, no, I I don't want to – I can't compete tonight – you should pick someone else to do it. You should pick somebody like my associate, my court jester, Doink the Clown. Oh, boy. 
Doink the Clown is pretty famous or infamous, depending on how you look at it. He's he's the original wrestling clown. He's been portrayed by many different people. He's been portrayed in many different ways. Um, at this point in the WWF, he is basically just a clown. Like, he's not really sinister like he has been in, in some incarnations of Doink the Clown. He's a heel in the sense that he's sort of aligned with Jerry Lawler, but he's more just like mischievous than anything else. He's sort of a chaotic neutral. He just likes to play pranks on people, sure. tell a lot of bad jokes. Think like Cesar Romero's Joker. That's kind of hey, what he hey, hey, of. hey, 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 hey. We do not disparage Cesar Romero's on Joker on this show. That's not a knock on Cesar Romero's Joker. He's got his own insane charm. That's what I mean when I say okay, this. That's, okay, that's okay. the sense of humor it reminds me of. Okay, fair enough. So, Doink goes out there and loses to Bret Hart. Because it's Bret Hart and he's Doink the Clown. <laughs> like, let's not overthink this. And in the end, he's disparaged by Jerry Lawler. Jerry's chewing him out for making him look like an idiot because that was his associate. His court jester, Doink the Clown, and he lost. And... Doink turns on him. He essentially turns face, throws a bucket of water on him because that's, you know, he's a clown. That's what he does. <laughs> and, you know, the crowd is pleased with this, whatever. It's SummerSlam. we got bigger fish to fry. The show goes on. So a few weeks later, Jerry is out here, and he is demanding, one, that the crowd give him his attention, stop calling him the Burger King, which is apparently something <laughs> that has been happening for a while. I love that. That's great. Yeah, it's pretty good. It was pretty good. And he says, no, 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 I want answers. And he insists that Doink the Clown come out and visit him on his talk show. And he gives a very different version of the story, right? He says that, you know, I wanted to compete, but you, Doink, you came to me and you begged to be inserted in the match. And then, then you embarrassed me by losing. And Doink's having none of this. You know, first he runs onto the stage to answer the interview. And have you ever have you ever seen the Harlem Globetrotters? Um, not in person, but but yeah. Okay. You know how they do that thing where they'll have a bucket and they'll run up to the crowd and throw it, and it's just full of confetti, right? And they just pump fake everyone. He does that, and Jerry bites for it because I don't know. I guess he's never seen the Globetrotters either. But <laughs> then he's you know he's kind of sitting there just bug eyed and nodding really incessantly while Jerry's going on this rant, asking him all these really offensive questions. And Jerry ends with something like, you know, you are my court jester. Your only job is to take my orders. And Doink says, oh, oh, okay. Uh, you want to talk about orders? No, that's good. Um, I'll have a quarter pounder with cheese. Wait, wait, no, that's the wrong place. I'm sorry. I'd like a Whopper. And the crowd goes, oh, that's from Burger King. And they all start chanting, Burger King, Burger King, Burger King. I wish they had worked it into a tie-in. I really do. Cause Boy, we, just we talked itself. about, man, 1993 was the year of missed tie-ins. That was the same year as the White Castle of Fear. That's so, it's a burger joint too. What is that? I know. Man, both companies are missing out on opportunities. Such a waste. That's disappointing. But they would have never missed out on it now. Maybe they went and Burger King just wasn't into it. I don't know. Yeah, Doink, Doink just no-sells him. He goes on this long spiel about you know his Burger King order. And the crowd <laughs> is loving it. They're eating it up. They're <laughs> laughing at Lawler. And Doink finishes this little routine by dumping a bucket of water on his head. You know, he gets the bucket that looks like it's confetti. 
He switched it up, dumps it right on his head, and just runs off. So, so that's chapter one. This is kind of a long-form story, so just bear with me here. This is chapter one, where we've established that Doink, definitely not a heel, doesn't play by Lawler's rules, but he's, he's more of a wild card, you know? So that's chapter one. Sure, he's the anti-hero. Right. Just think right. of him as he's Deadpool without the stabbing. <laughs> sure, sure. Whatever whatever <laughs> helps you, uh, whatever helps. So this was, this was right after SummerSlam of 1993. We're going to go ahead and fast forward a few months to Survivor Series where the feud with Jerry Lawler didn't really take off at this point. Doink has been bugging so many people with his childish clown pranks that – you know, he's really, he has no short of rivals. And he comes into Survivor Series in a match, a traditional Survivor Series match with Bam Bam Bigelow. And it's it's sort of the same story as we saw with Jerry Lawler. Like, he keeps just doing dumb pranks, attacking him, throwing water on him, just pissing Bam Bam off. And Bam Bam comes into this match. It's a Survivor Series match, and he's assembled the team. Real team of killers. Um... The Head Shrinkers and the Booger Man. Yeah. That's right, Bastion Booger, which yeah. he's... I this mean, is I early was, 90s. Uh, WWE oh, yeah. is a thing to uh, forget. People people make fun of WCW in the late 90s. It doesn't hold a candle to early 90s WWE. Boy, it doesn't. You know, and I'm not super familiar with his work, if you can call it work. And no. I'm okay with staying that way, but at Survivor Series, they, they, they make their way out to the ring, and the announcers are kind of sitting by, and Mark, this is what we, we kind of touched on earlier in the show, but in the early 90s, what was so refreshing and what they don't have today is that you feel like the people, if not the wrestlers who were all insane, like the production crew, the ring announcers, the commentary teams – we're taking this very seriously. And that kind of helped because even when the dumbest stuff you've ever seen in your life is happening on screen, there's a veneer of seriousness around it that just makes it more entertaining. Sure. By Vince McMahon being in the commentary booth taking it so seriously, you're kind of inclined to take it seriously. So you need to imagine that to fully picture this moment. So we, we know that Bam Bam Bigelow has his team together. They come out to the ring. Bastion Booger is eating like a whole turkey with his bare hands and he's got like grease all over his face and flecks of meat in his teeth and kind of up his nose. And the head shrinkers are there and they're eating bananas, which is unfortunate, but okay. I didn't write it. Yeah. And they're just kind of making a general mess of things. And Vince is like, no, let's find out who the doinks are because, you know, it's doinks team. And, um, well, Mark, it's Doink. And uh, Doink. And Doink. And oh. then Doink. Uh, oh. Uh, um, more specifically, it's the Bushwhackers tag team with face paint and a Doink wig on. Oh. Both of them. And the tag team Men on a Mission, which I wasn't familiar with, but it, it includes Mabel, who would later be King Mabel. They come out, and they've also got their doink makeup on and their doink outfits and their doink hair. And I, I don't know if you've ever seen Men on a Mission's entrance, but they rap, Mark. It's basically <sighs> like, imagine the New Day's entrance, but they're rapping like R-Truth. 
And then also imagine that they're dressed as clowns in 1993. They come sauntering down to the ring. They get there. The bushwhackers are like just spinning around in circles, dancing in the ring. (sighs) Men on a mission get to the ring. Again, dressed as doink. They're all dressed as doink. Uh, And uh, they are like... Picture again, I didn't think this was going to come up, but picture, you know, sort of Enzo Amore doing his little chicken dance on the apron, (laughs) except it's five clowns dancing sort of like that in the ring. And there is... No, all I can picture is Enzo Amore Amore in doink makeup and a wig doing his dance. And I'm really sad I never got to see that. Maybe someday. Someone will do it on uh, WWE 2K. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if, if any of you, you are listening to that and play 2K, please make a, uh, a CAW of that and, and send it to us, please. Absolutely. I will use it. I'll make it happen. I kind of want to <laughs> recreate this entire match now because, like, this is something that's so insane, but the energy they have, it really does remind me of the New Day. Like, it doesn't feel like early 90s wrestling at all. Right. And there's an incredible shot. Like WWE direction is rarely great. It's usually fine, like serviceable. There's a beautiful shot where the camera, like the one way, way, way up at the top, like the high cam, pans from the entrance ramp to the ring. And you get this like panoramic shot of the entire arena. And Mark, it's like the squarest and the whitest I think WWE ever was. And these five clowns are dancing in the ring, rapping. And there's like 25,000 white children in this arena waving their hands back and forth like they're at a concert. <laughs> like they're all so into it. And this, I just, you have to watch it. Survivor Series 1993. Just look it up. It's probably the most insane thing I've ever seen. In the early 90s. And that's saying quite a lot because it's insane, but they're all into it. Like, really, really, really into it. Okay, so they got something there. Um, Unfortunately, then the match starts. And Oh, oh again, there's a match? Yeah, it's a, it's a match. It's not just an entrance, unfortunately. And Vince is handling this whole situation... Like he's a like he's a commentator for HBO boxing. Like he just refuses <laughs> to be shocked by any of it. See, I love he's it. Like, I like that. Oh, it, right. That's what makes it work. And he's like, and Mabel is looking on, or should I say, uh, Doink Mabel, Mabel Doink. <laughs> That's what the ring graphics say. As they get to the ring, it says Doink Bushwhackers and Doink. Mabel and Doink Mo, like that's their name. It's like a different wrestler. <laughs> it's like the Dudley Boys. <laughs> yeah, it kind of is. Oh. oh man! So the match starts, and Bastion Booger begins for Team Bam Bam, and he's got you know he he's got some raw power. I guess he gets a quick cover. He does his finisher, which is like I don't know if you're familiar with Bastion Booger's finisher. He stands over a prone opponent sort of like dances back and forth and does a little thing with like his fingers waving his hands like he's dancing. Okay. And then he just drops to his knees so his crotch is just right in their face. It's sort of a stink face situation. Oh. Except he's just teabagging them instead of rubbing his butt in their face. I don't know. So he does that, uh, oh. drops to his knees. The ref counts to one, two, and then he stands up. Why? And 
Bobby the Brain Heenan is like, he broke the count. Why did he break the count? Yeah, why? And the Booger Man gets up, and he turns back to his corner, and he wanders over, and he picks up one of the bananas that the head shrinkers have been eating. Oh. And he starts to munch on it, and he's sort of, you know, like spitting it back out of his mouth as he chews it, because he's Bastion Booger, and he's gross, and that's kind of his thing. Oh. So he, but but his opponent hasn't moved because I guess you know he's a pretty heavy set guy. So he hits his finisher again. Banana still in the mouth, still chewing. But he whiffs hard because right as he's about to hit his finisher and drop to his knees, one of the bushwhackers runs up behind him, grabs his opponent by the legs while he's not looking because he's eating his banana, and just pulls him right <laughs> out from underneath his legs. I mean, it's like it's like a Looney Tunes spot. It's like a Three Stooges level spot. Like, did his feet go way up in the air? No, not oh. even because he grabs him by the, a, a little bit, but not like he went flying or anything. Oh well, then well then, what good is it? I don't know. But Bastion Booger drops to his knees, which is his finisher, misses, and then has to sell for that because he hurt himself <laughs> dropping to his knees because there was no opponent there. So he's sitting there and he's like, oh. And then both of the bushwhackers run up behind him, sort of fling him to the ground, and pin him. So Bastion Booger has been eliminated because he had to go get a banana. Right. So the other uh, – another headbanger takes the ring. Um, Mabel or Mo, I can't tell them apart because they're all wearing clown makeup hops into the ring on a scooter and starts riding around the ring in circles in a scooter. The other two are still fighting at this point. Like, the match is still going on. I don't know how this is allowed. And neither does Bobby the Brain Heenan because he's like, he's just given up. The ref is just overwhelmed. I don't know. I don't know what's happening anymore. Like, that's... (laughs) None of them know how to respond, you know? It's just... It's incredible. And Bobby is like... the head shrinkers eventually kind of get control of things. They get the upper hand. They knock down one of the bushwhackers, and they don't cover. And Bobby is freaking out again. He's like, they're not covering them. They're not covering them. What are they doing? And Vince just very soberly says, they're mesmerized by these doinks. Well, I mean, that that's a fair point. <laughs> I don't know. It's It's hard to put into words just how insane it looks. With all of these clowns just gallivanting around ringside, riding scooters and popping balloons. They eliminate one of the head shrinkers because they have water balloons, right? And they they keep, like, faking that they're going to throw them in their face. And one of the head shrinkers bites at them. The balloon pops, obviously, because it's a water balloon. Water gets in his eyes, and then they roll him up and eliminate him. That's the level of, like, <laughs> in-ring psychology we're dealing with. I, I want to see the water balloon finisher comeback. It needs to make a comeback, and I want David Arquette to do it. Oh, that'd be great. Well, the best part about it, see, again, the best part about it is Bobby the Brain Heenan is selling it like death. He's like, we don't know that that was water. That could have been anything. That could have been bleach. We don't know. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, that's a heel move. You just fill it up with vinegar and bleach and just smash it in someone's face that'll get you a win really quickly <laughs> that's really demented yeah it would yeah it would luckily we uh oh man at least i don't think that happened it's never followed up on to be totally fair but then so there's only i don't know when this changed but at this point survivor series matches were only four on four instead of five on five 
Okay, so now that's the, fine. The only two people left are, are the last head shrinker. I don't remember which one. And Bam Bam. So the last head, sh- head shrinker gets into the ring, and he kind of squares up, and one of them is teasing that he's about to hit his finisher. And the head shrinker backs up, and Mark, I'm not making this up. Oh, okay. He slips on the banana peel <laughs> that was discarded by Bastion Booger. His feet do go flying up in the air. I mean, it is as comical as you've ever seen. Just goes flying up in the air. Crashes onto his back. One, two, three, and he's eliminated. By banana peel. So. Bobby Brain Heenan at this point says one of the best and worst things he's ever said, which is, well, I guess that gives a whole new meaning to slipped on a banana peel, huh? It doesn't. That's I'm, just I'm what not. That means. I, I, no, no, don't ruin it. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything different. He just slipped on a banana peel. That's all that happened. Uh. But it's fine. It's fine. And Bam Bam Bigelow at this point is the only person left on his team. Comes charging into the ring, visibly pissed. And frankly, it's understandable because these guys have not brought their A game tonight. He's got this look on his face like, I will do this myself if I have to because you people are just worthless. And he's he's putting on a good fight against the doinks. But ultimately, he is outnumbered four to one. And after about five minutes, the match just ends with all four of the doinks piling on top of him <laughs> and pinning him. Because the ref has long since ceased to enforce anything resembling the rules at this point. He just counts to three. Bam Bam is eliminated. And the doinks win. Four to nothing. <laughs> undefeated sweep. Um... Yeah, Doink the Clown was not here for any of this, by the way. He wasn't at ringside. I don't like if you were just if you were picturing him like directing their actions or like taunting the other team in any way. No, he's just not there. It was never explained. He's not captaining his team. It's just two tag teams dressed up like Doink. And <laughs> as Bam Bam makes his way up the ramp, Doink appears on the Titantron. And, like, taunts him a little bit. And then says, hey, man, I didn't mean anything by it. I'm just clowning around. <laughs> and then the segment's over. Aw. It was on the list of worst matches I've ever, uh, like, worst matches of all time. I don't think that's accurate because it's absolutely insane. It's tremendously entertaining and all of you should go watch it right now. Sounds great. It is. It, from the entrance on, it's just so insane. And Vince and Bobby the Brain Heenan refusing to crack and just taking <laughs> it completely seriously makes it so much better. So much better. So that that brings us to the end of Chapter 2. In, in oh, I'm just, oh, that's just ha- Chapter 2. I mean, we haven't been going for, for like, but an hour, right? Oh I no, I know, I know. But I but no no, I'm just I'm just surprised. Like that just I was I was mesmerized with that last one. There were just there was one match in particular that, that drew my attention to this, and this was just on the road. You know what I mean? This is this is just a part of the legend of Doink, is so what the, I've been the, thinking of. The Doink the Doink saga continues. Yes. So we've introduced a few concepts here. Does right? it get better Doink? than a guy literally being pinned from slipping on a banana peel? That's my favorite thing of this whole <laughs> scenario so far. 
I'll I'll let you be the judge of that because it could go one of two ways. Like I'm about to I'm about to pull up this match in just a minute and just just so I can watch that. All right, all right. So, what have we learned so far about this enigma, this legend known as Doink? We know that Doink is a bit of a loose cannon. We know he he, he likes to seriously. clown around. He likes to clown around. And also now with Chapter 2 at this Survivor Series match, we introduced the idea of a doink impersonator. Right, we did. another doink, a, 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 an additional doink. Multiple, or, or mini. In fact, <laughs> right, multiple doinks. Sort of a Spider-Verse situation, sure. but with doinks. Uh, immediately after this... Oh, I can I see the next animated up. movie, Into the Doinkverse. Oh my word! I would watch that. <laughs> I want, I want, I want WWE to do it and put on the network. <laughs> Sign Enzo Amore right now and put him on into the Doink verse. Oh man, yeah, starring Enzo Amore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll oh, I love money. it. You get I the love it. Back up, that'll do it. Oh, I will watch that in a heartbeat. That'll do it. So, the, what you know how I mentioned WWF at this time has to take is taking things so much more seriously. Like Vince will legitimately look at the camera whenever something silly happens and say, okay, come on now, what is this? This is a family show. Come on now. Right, right. Like, it's that kind of programming. So after this this fiasco at Survivor Series, Jack Tunney comes out. You know, the WWF kayfabe president who they only use to make announcements like this. He comes out and says, no, no, no. No more of this. There shall be only one doink. In the WWF, he makes that ruling right then and there. He says, enough of this nonsense, no more. So Doink is being interviewed in the ring, and he says, you know, I just, I I can't be sad about that because it's almost Christmas. And Christmas is my favorite time of year because Santa comes and he gives toys to all the little boys and girls. And then he's interrupted by who else but the big man himself, Santa Claus. Santa Claus comes into the ring, and he's got a sack that he's sort of dragging (laughs) along. And he says, guess what, Doink? I have a present for you. And Doink says, for me? Oh, boy, a present for me. And he starts kind of dancing around. The ring interviewer, by the way, is just standing there, stone-faced, like taking all this in, like, yes, yes, this is is very important. Let's see what the present is. (laughs) And Santa unveils the sack, and it's a little clown. It's a little person dressed up with the makeup, hair, and exact wardrobe <laughs> of Doink the Clown. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on. Yep, yep. Now, I, I, I know about this. Yep. I didn't know it came here, but as soon as you mentioned Doink, immediately this this came to my mind. And I was like, oh, I remember when he had the little other, mm-hmm. the little the little person with him. And mm-hmm. the fact that now we're getting to that makes me very happy. I yeah. Okay, okay, just, wait. And I'm pretty sure I remember what his name was. And um, Okay, well hang on. Let me just let me let me play this out. Okay, no, go first. no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. There's an there's an origin to this, right? Because Doink is overjoyed. It's sort of like the combination of like he just became a father and he has a new best friend. That's kind of the look on his face. He's just thrilled. Oh. And he says, "It's Doink." It's me, it's me, it's another doink, and he dances for joy, and the little the little person dances for joy, and the ring announcer has to be the bearer of bad news, and he says, no, 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 doink, doink, 
there can only be one doink in the WWF. I'm sorry, I, I don't make the rules. That is what Jack Tunney said, you remember. But there's been like, 30 of them! No, 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 there's only one, Mark. That's the rule now. Oh, there can oh, only oh, be I'm, one. I, oh, okay. And Doink looks dejected for a second. And the commentary team, helpfully speculating on this, points out that, well, there isn't really another Doink, because he's only like half of a Doink. There's only one and a half Doinks. And they're sort of in this conversation of like, is that the same thing as another doink or does it have to be two full doinks before it counts as too many doinks? And while they're debating this, doink has an idea. He, he's, his eyes light up and he points his finger in the air and says, I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. He's dink. He's like a little doink. His name is Dink. And the ring announcer's like, yeah, no, that makes sense. And Dink dances for joy, and they embrace one another, and circus music plays. <laughs> so, give me, give me your thoughts on this. Did you recall that Doink had a small clown sidekick whose name was Dink? Yes, yeah, that's what I said. That, that's the immediate thing that went into my head. When, uh, when, when you said Doink, I was just like, I remember he had the little one. I forgot that the name was Dink. I thought it was Donk. So I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember which one. If he was like really thick, like if Big Show came out in a clown wig, he would be donk. Okay. I, I want to see this now too, Mark. We have to make this happen. On Into the Doink verse, I want to see Dink and Doink and Donk, like in all caps. That's his name. Oh my oh gosh! My word. The rest of this is just gonna feel like a letdown now. So. Doink and his new. Okay, hold on. His, I'm. I'm. Yep. If, if you don't mind, I'm sorry. I've been yes. interrupting you a lot this episode. But again, no, no, we're no, we're, we're, we're out of practice. That's the excuse. Um. Okay. So I I pulled up this match because I had to see this. Mm-hmm. It's even worse than I thought. That moment, <laughs> because you can see one of the head stringers, like you can see him fitting his foot onto the banana peel. Like, yeah. he's looking oh, back and like, all right, where's the peel? All right, let me make sure I plant my foot on yeah. the peel, ready for this slip. I'm so disappointed. This wasn't nearly as good as I thought it was going to be. It takes him a minute to cue it up, and also, like, a different camera angle probably would have helped, but you do. You literally see his entire body, like, We need back, Kevin Dunn, step. and I never thought I'd say that before. Step back, step back, step ah. back, and then when his foot is planted on the banana peel, then he slips. Like, that, that's not the way you do a banana peel slip. You do a banana peel slip when you have the guy, like, trying to run into the corner and then slips on. Like, you need something, like, uh, some movement, not not well, like a I reaction. Yes, they didn't want him to actually kill himself. Oh, he wouldn't have killed himself. Like but... Enzo Amore did. Oh, yeah, that was pretty bad. But Dude, ah. we're, like, three or four references away from trying to get Enzo on here. I feel like we could pull it off. <laughs> We could order a cameo from him. <laughs> oh, man. David Arquette, fight Enzo Amore. Do it. Do it. Oh, man. Do it. Please do it. Yeah. David Arquette versus Enzo Amore. What What a match. Go wrong. No, nothing okay. could go wrong with that. Anyway, no, we're off the rails again. I apologize. We're going back to the uh, Doink Dink saga. Right. So, at this point, this is chapter three. We've established that Doink does not really play by anybody else's rules. He likes to clown around. There can be different versions and iterations of Doink. And now we have discovered the miniature version of Doink, which is Dink. (laughs) So we're going to fast forward again a bit here. And some of that is due to 
the nature of WWE and like, you know, the pay-per-views were fewer and far between. So storylines took place over a longer period of time. But the real reason is the match that I wanted to get to takes place almost a full year later. Doink and Dink have many magical, stupid adventures that I, I we might do another episode on one day. But I wanted to talk about this match in particular because we come full circle. And later in the summer of 1994, so this is a few months later, almost a year from when we began, Dink, as Doink's manager, I guess is the word for it, starts to pick fights and antagonize Jerry the King Lawler. We've come all the way back and healed Jerry... The Burger King has not humbled himself (laughs) one bit. Dink is taking the opportunity to antagonize him. And he's he's popping balloons that are being used on the set of, you know, Jerry's talk show. And he's hitting him with water balloons, just generally harassing him, making his life very, very difficult. So Jerry looks around and, well, here's what he doesn't do. He doesn't challenge Doink to a match. Not yet. We're not quite there. But he looks at Doink, and he says, well, anything you can do, Doink, I can do better, because I'm the king. And he shows up the next week with a little person in full royal garb named Queasy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, please tell me there's an explanation for this name. There's not! No! I'm so glad you said that! Just wait. Just wait. Put a pin in that because I promise I will come back to it. (laughs) But we have to get to this match. So it's, Mark, it's an arms race at this point. You've heard of the Cold War. This is the the little person war. Survivor Series is rapidly approaching now. We are late into 1994. There have been so many antics between Doink and Dink. And Jerry the King Lawler. Oh my. And Queasy. <laughs> that as just just one little person, just one acolyte, just one partner is not enough. And by the oh, time man. we get back to Survivor Series, Mark, a full year after this epic showdown between the Doinks and Team Bam Bam Bigelow, we have Doinks team. Featuring Doink, who is captaining his team this time, I should point out. Doink okay, the well, Clown, Dink, Pink, <laughs> and Wink. <laughs> that's that's the team. Okay. He's coming in hot. Alright, does Pink have a pink wig? No, they all look the same. Oh my gosh! They all look exactly the same. Okay, now I'm they mad. All have they all went down to the Doink store and bought the same Doink costume. That's... You can't call yourself pink and not be pink. Well, as as we've already touched on and will again, the names don't make a ton of sense here. Well, um, that's, that's that's true. Doink, Doink is rocking up with his whole gang. He's got the Doink family. They're going by the name of Clowns Are Us because oh, sure. why not? And Jerry the King Lawler is hitting back. With the royal family. And it's it's him, Jerry Lawler, as the captain, leading the band of Queasy, Sleazy, and, wait for it, 
cheesy. <laughs> of course. Of course. So they, as they make their way down to the ring and Jerry enters first along with <sighs> queasy, sleazy, and cheesy, one of the commentators <laughs> does in fact ask, at this point for this match, it's Vince and it's Gorilla Monsoon. And at one point, Gorilla says, why is his name Queasy? <laughs> and Vince says, I don't know. Maybe Cheesy Maybe cheesy likes to eat cheese. Maybe he smells like cheese. I don't know. <laughs> Wait, he actually doesn't come up with a reason? No, they don't have anything. They just no-sell it. I don't know. Like, because the joke, like, here's oh the thing. Oh, my gosh. It, it shouldn't be funny. But the animal part of your brain laughs when you see Doink and a miniature version of Doink named Dink. Right. Because it's the same. It's the same way that, like, a bigger clown named Donk is also funny. <laughs> right. Because it's a spinoff of the name. But that's not what this is. It's not – Mark, it's not even Jerry the King Smaller. <laughs> <laughs> How hard is that? How hard would have that been? I didn't think and of that. That would have that, that made this whole thing worth it. That's oh yes. What? No, I'm oh. I'm even more mad. Why? Why did? Even, that's such a better name. I I don't know. I guess you couldn't have done it to two more, but it's a start. Oh my gosh. Oh man. Anyway. 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 They make their way down to the ring, and as the two teams are squaring off. Uh, the commentary helpfully points out that this is sort of a handicap match because, because I mean, we're not we're not animals here. This is the WWF. Oh, you know, this no. is family entertainment. We take this seriously. Only Doink and Jerry can be in the ring together at any given time. So okay. you're not going to see Jerry just beating up three little people. They're not allowed into the ring. So if Jerry tags out, then Doink also has to tag out. Them's the rules. So... You know how the last match was insane, but, like, really fun? Sure. This match is a little bit more insane, and I wonder why I'm watching it. Um, <laughs> if you look this, you can find the full match on Daily Motion. It's helpfully called something like Doink versus Jerry Lawler Survivor Series minus two and a half stars. <laughs> And that's not hyperbole. I looked it up. Dave Meltzer gave it minus two and a half stars. <laughs> it starts off as like a fairly boring one-on-one -on -one match. Uh, at one point, Jerry, kind of, he's not pinning him, but he's holding him. Like he's got his arm locked in so Doink can't move or stand up. And he signals to the Kings, which is just what I'm going to call them because I can't tell them apart. And they, in line, start running across the ring, running over Doink, like stomping on his belly. And then going back to the beginning, like a line of like kindergartners at play, just running over him over and over and over and over again <laughs> until finally one of them trips and there's like a pile up. And, and the line of people stomping on Doink is broken Aww. while the little kings are just tangled up in a heap. And that allows Doink to recover and get back to his feet. He lands three consecutive power slams on Jerry Lawler, which is easily the most athletic thing anyone does this whole match. And he goes for the pin, but instead of pinning him, he grabs Dink, puts Dink on top of him, tries to give Dink the pin, and Jerry just 
pushes him off of him, you know, sends him flying like a bench press. Okay, hold on. Um, again, I pulled up this mm-hmm. match. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the three, um, the three miniature kings. Mm-hmm. One of them looks like Jim Gaffigan. The other one looks like Jack Black, and the other one looks like a weirder Freddie Mercury. <laughs> they don't. That's the thing. They don't have clown makeup, so you can't make them look that much like Jerry Lawler. And they the all have. The mu- ones- they, they give two of them have mustaches. Yeah, one of them has a goatee that comes into play at one point because people are grabbing the goatee. <laughs> That's the only one that really sort of looks like Jerry the King Lawler, just because he has that goatee. Oh, I love looking at Jerry Jerry Lawler during this entrance. I mean, he's trying to play this off so much, but I can see the pain in his eyes. The best part about it is the pay-per-view itself, if you watch it on the network, begins, and it's a great little touch, with all the different teams from all the different Survivor Series matches that night, talking strategy. So you start off with, like, the A-list one, right? And it's Shawn Michaels with all these guys in a circle, and he's like, right, everyone, listen up. Here's the plan. Follow the heartbreak kid, because I know if y'all stick with me and do what I do, nobody's going to stop us. And then it cuts to Ted DiBiase, and he's like, we're going to show everyone here the power of the almighty dollar. And he starts throwing money, like, into their little hype circle. And then it cuts to Jerry the King Lawler and Queasy and sleazy and cheesy and he's like right guys we're gonna show doink once and for all hey listen to me queasy listen up you're embarrassing me this isn't a joke focus and then the show starts okay and another thing now i'm watching the uh the clowns entrance Mm -hmm. they have different color wigs on and not one of them is pink (laughs) then one is green which is normal then one is um red and one has yellow who is a stupid person not to come up with a pink wig? I would honestly, the only thing that would be better than a pink wig is a pink wig. And it's not pink wearing it. That would be the only <laughs> thing that made it better. Just to hear Vince have a stroke trying to work that one out. Okay, yeah, that would be better. That's best case scenario right there. So the anyway. match itself is continuing. And I've honestly, I don't know if I've seen this in a while. Like, I can run through almost all of the spots here. So they do the spot <laughs> where, like, Doink tries to throw each one of the clowns on top of the king to get the pin. And every single time, at the count of two, king just launches them up into the air. <laughs> so Doink, instead of saying, I guess, I guess I better cover him myself, just turns around, grabs another one, and throws him on top. And then he gets thrown <laughs> off. They do this. King turns around, slams Doink, and then repeats the same spot. <laughs> he picks up one he picks up Queasy and throws him on top and Queasy gets thrown off and then he picks up Sleazy and throws him on top of Doink and then Sleazy gets thrown through the air and he does it again and again it happens. Neither one of these people watched the film from last year and thought about stacking up on Doink. Clearly not. Or Jerry. Idiots. Well, I guess to be fair, Doink wasn't involved in that match last that, year. That that is so. true. So now at this point. It's just sheer chaos. Like, the ref has long since abandoned any pretense of doing his job, I guess is the most <laughs> generous way to put it. At this point, they start running the ropes. Like, Jerry and Doink are still fighting. Two of the little people on each side start running the ropes exactly parallel to one another, none of them hitting each other. It's kind of <laughs> hypnotic to watch because they can't move that quickly, but they're still missing each other. And then they, they, all four of them, like, collide and smash into each other at once. <laughs> and once again, 
this would be so much worse if Vince wasn't determined to play it straight like an honorable promoter of sport. And he goes, well, I've certainly, I've certainly never seen anything like this before. <laughs> <laughs> but finally, after all this nonsense, Jerry rolls up Doink, grabs a solid handful of tights for everyone to see, and gets the pin. One, two, three. And I think, oh, thank goodness, it's over. It's not over. <laughs> this isn't a one-on-one -on -one match. It's an elimination match. <laughs> and Jerry Lawler can't be in the ring with anyone who's not doink. Jerry Lawler just eliminated himself, too. <laughs> so now it's just a little person three-on-three -three match. <laughs> with Jerry Lawler running interference. <laughs> and it lasts about ten more minutes. Oh, my gosh. That'll get you negative two and a half stars right there. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I think that was the moment when Meltzer just broke. He was like, I think he did the same thing and thought, oh, well, at least it's, oh, no. Oh, no. They're really going to do all of this. So, Doink, dutifully, the, the champion that he is, makes his way to the back. And Jerry steps aside as Vince McMahon explains, well, he might as well leave because he can't, he can't be in the match anymore. But... Eventually, you know, he, he's he's running interference the rest of the match. And I'm not going to pain you with the details. <laughs> but he's he's just nefarious enough to eliminate Dink and Wink and Pink one by one. I believe Dink is the last one left. And then his music plays and, and the, the three kings, the royal family, also raise their arms and they're celebrating. And Jerry... It, in, a, in what's a heel move, but ultimately I feel sort of justified, turns around and says, why are you guys celebrating? You didn't do anything. I eliminated Doink, and then I helped you eliminate the rest. I won this match. Put your hands down. You should be celebrating me right now. And then he cuts like a heel <laughs> promo on his, I guess not friends, but his protégés in the royal family. And Mark, in case you didn't think this was a subtle enough or... I don't know, sophisticated enough program. He does this three times. Three times his music plays. He raises his hands in celebration. The three kings raise their hands in celebration. <laughs> and Jerry says, stop the music. Put your hands down. Get out of here. Finally, the third time, they're celebrating at ringside. He gets out of the ring and starts to attack them. <laughs> starts to attack his own team. And then... In what might be the worst run-in of all time, uh, Pink and Wink and Dink reveal that they didn't actually go up the ramp. They just hid under the apron, and they oh all my. emerge like the demon spawn of Hornswoggle. <laughs> <laughs> and the six of them attack Jerry Lawler. And they're beating him up. They're stabbing away at his feet. They drive him back into the ring. He runs out to the other side of the ring. The six of them chase him around ringside. <laughs> and then he makes his way back up to the ramp, taunts them one last time, and Doink hits him in the face with a pie. Uh, of course. That's all we were missing. That's all we were missing. That's all so, we were like, missing. This is certainly an even more insane match than the first Survivor Series match. I'm not sure if it's better, 
but it's certainly even more of a thing to see. The tipping point really comes when Doink is eliminated and you think the match is over. (laughs) And then Vince McMahon has to say, no, actually, it's just a really dumb match. And Jerry eliminated himself on accident. And then it just it just torpedoes from there. It just gets exponentially more stupid. I I can just see. Okay, again, I pulled this match up too. Yeah, and yeah. I, I'm watching the six of them chase Jerry Lawler around the ring, and all mm-hmm. I can think of is that one picture is was the entire inspiration Vince McMahon had for this entire angle was just to get yeah. one of his wrestlers to be chased by mm-hmm. six little people. That, yeah. uh, you, See, uh, I, I think Hornswoggle gets an unfair amount of uh, grief from fans. I do not for, I do not think that. Okay, well, maybe it's it's warranted, but let me... Like, I don't blame him personally, but... But here's the thing. It's not like he was the first person to ever do this, because Vince oh, no. McMahon thought this was hilarious in 1994. Oh, he's always thought this was fun. Right, he's never changed. This isn't like a thing where he just saw Hornswoggle and thought you know what would be funny. Right. It's the other way around, if anything. He was like, you know what I really want to do again? Have a little person chase people around the ring. Let's let's work <laughs> that into a program. It's just, that was pretty funny to see, to see how far back that stupidity goes. But also at the same time, I, I can't emphasize enough how much more fun it is to watch when they're trying to take it seriously. <laughs> right. I wish they would go back to that a little bit more because when you're treating every program like sort of a serious sporting event and they're going for the championship and also there's this grudge match happening, then when a man (laughs) slips on a banana peel or eats a water balloon or produces an army of people that look like him only smaller, then it it doesn't work. I'm not going to say it's good, but it is better. (laughs) well it's at least it's at least funnier right this isn't the worst thing i've watched for this show not by a long shot and no it's like it it shouldn't work like if doink were around in 2010 it would be terrible (laughs) it's probably i don't know man i i hope they can do something half this good with bray wyatt oh god i don't know if they will I hope they can do something much, much better than this with Bray Wyatt. Yeah, I do. I do too. But also, if he just if he just had a little person, I don't know what he'd call him. I'd have to think of a name pun. Buzz. But Buzz Wyatt. No, it's pretty. No, good. no, no. Just Buzz. Just Buzz. Yeah. You know, I like can, like the buzzard. Like a buzzard. Yeah. Oh, that's really good, Mark Vince. Book it. <laughs> Your numbers will go up. Bray and Buzz Wyatt. Yeah. Here they go. <laughs> And then the puppets. Oh, my word. Of course, you I'm know, in, the puppets dude. are part of it. I do. I, I, I'm telling you, man, it's weird. The, the Pee Wee's Playhouse uh, Bray Wyatt is, is odd, and, and I think it's I think it's good. Yeah, I mean, it's weird, but I don't know. It's different. We need that. Right. Well, the reason I thought of this topic was I heard some people comparing Bray's new incarnation to the original Doink, and not to get too meta here, and I honestly kind of want to do more Doink episodes in the future, (laughs) but the initial portrayal of Doink, he was a sadistic evil clown who would like pretend to be joyful but was really just nakedly creepy. He was way more like a modern incarnation of the Joker 
than he was by the time this angle came around, which was a more goofy, happy-go-lucky clown joke. Right. And that's what people are saying this Bray Wyatt reminds them of because it looks dumb on the surface, but if you just look a little below that, it's incredibly unsettling. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. No, no, and that's what I like about it. But I think it's important that we look back on happy-go-lucky doink because that's what's going to happen to Bray Wyatt most likely. So I just I feel like it's good for comparison that we have this in our mind in the next few months. <laughs> All I'm saying is if they're if we're bringing back Doink, I want to see him in the Bray Wyatt stable. That would be fantastic. Oh sure, why not? I want to Doink and Donk and Bray, <laughs> and one of them's Big Show, and one of them's Big Show. <laughs> Oh, man. So that's my topic for this week. I hope uh, you guys had fun. I know we were a little loopy, but this episode was a little loopy. It so was. It was just clever branding the whole time. Yeah, every word we said this entire mm-hmm. podcast was scripted. Yeah, it's we're, a work. Behind the gorillas, a work. Yeah, it's like we're like Bob and Doug. We're like uh, Bob and Doug McKenzie. Every word of everything they did was scripted. All the mistakes, right. all the misspoken word, it was all scripted. That's how brilliant, brilliant they were. And that's what we are. Mm-hmm. So I also just want to shout out Jerry the King Lawler for being a part of some of the most ridiculously delightful stuff we've ever covered. Well, think about it. I mean, that was his whole thing. I mean, that's what he kind of helped make Memphis wrestling a little a little bit. I mean, he was at the forefront of sports entertainment. Yeah. Well, this this is certainly sports entertainment. Oh, oh. I don't okay. know what else it is, but it's not pro wrestling. <laughs> Right. (laughs) Right. Speaking of, that's perfect segue into our uh, next segment. What's up with David Arquette? You cannot kill David Arquette. Okay, so perfect segment talking about Jerry Lawler. David Arquette has been in a lot of action the past couple of weeks. And he had a match. He had that match against uh, uh, King Brian, I believe, and lost. But then he also had an in. He had an interaction with Jerry the King Lawler, and he pulled uh, an Andy yeah. Kaufman, and he got pile driven. And then for the next like couple days, he wore a neck brace everywhere on social media and stuff, and was talking about suing Jerry the King Lawler for for touching him, and that he's an important actor from Hollywood, which I mean, he is. And yeah. uh, and it was absolutely wonderful. And Jerry, get your hands off of David Arquette, or he will sue you, and you deserve it. I know who I want to play Doink now. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see like a real David Arquette's a serious Hollywood actor. Yes, I he see is. Full melod. I want to see him go full method like Joaquin Phoenix in this new Joker movie and just snap and just oh. become a real messed up doink. Oh, man. I, I couldn't handle that. I that, couldn't either, dude. I would lose my mind. It would Imagine be too good. He would make. It would be too good. Oh, man. We can only dream. See, this is the thing, kids. When WWE starts to let you down, you just have to you just have to entertain yourself. You have to. You have to make certain WWE things that you wish would happen. That's the only way to get you through it. Absolutely. Oh my gosh! Bringing back Jerry the King Lawler and bringing back our patron saying is Doink would be the greatest angle in the history of professional wrestling, and it wouldn't even be mm. close. And we would probably quit watching after that because what's the I point? I think so. 
there's nowhere else to go. You know, oh, you've man. peaked. We got to get on Photoshop and Photoshop a picture of David Arquette's doink <laughs> and send it to him. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, that does it for this episode of Behind the Gorilla. I don't have anything else. Uh, anything else to add? Do you? I don't. I don't think we can top that. Frankly, no. That no. mental image is, is good enough. <laughs> it is. It is. So, go ahead and uh, leave us a review and a rating on iTunes. That always helps for sure. Um, and again, it doesn't have to be a good one. You can be like they talked about Doink and interrupted each other for an hour and twelve minutes. Screw these guys and give us a one star. That's fine. You know, that's that's fine. Or you can be that like. Sounds- or you can be like, yes, bring back Doink and give us five stars. And that's fine, too. Let's just say they talked about Doink and interrupted each other for an hour and 12 minutes. Sounds like a five-star review to me. I don't know what kind of content <laughs> you're looking for. This is as good as it gets. True. Very true. Very true. Also follow us on Twitter at behind underscore gorilla. Um, if you're a wrestling person, for sure, we will definitely follow you back there. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Marky Mark Brand. And I'm at Harris Wilson, so if you want to see us just whine about the current state of the product, which is what everyone on Twitter is doing right now, yeah. then give us a follow. We'll have fun together. We'll make it fun. Yeah, we will try. We will uh, We will try. And, uh, yes, yeah, so that does it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back. Um, we might not be back next week, um, actually, now that I think about it, because I'm going to be out of town next weekend. So we might have to, uh, season four might be the season five. Yes, season four, then season five. It's happening. Let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> I didn't even think about that till right now. Oh, I am going to be I'm out of town so next week. Happy. Let's absolutely do that. <laughs> so unless we can find time maybe before then to record one, we will have to uh, take another pause for another week and lose our other three fans. Thank you for joining us on this season <laughs> finale of Behind the Gorilla. This is the end of season four. Yes, it is. So join us for season five. It'll probably be longer than season four. (laughs) Oh, man. What a perfect way to end the show. I didn't even plan that. I totally forgot about all that. (laughs) Okay, okay. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back probably in two weeks with season five. Behind the gorilla. Have a great week, everyone.